message is, even though we're going we're gonna to quote Romans 4, 18, and 21, it's got nothing to do with that chapter. But Abraham believed and God performed. So your job is the easy job. Your job is to believe, and it's his job to perform what you believe. So you don't need to be performing anything today. You just need to be believing, right? You need to be a believer and not a doubter. What's that? A believing believer. That's right. There's believers and make-believers, you know. Yeah. But anyway, this message uh, was inspired by Jim Houghton on Thursday night. And if you weren't here, and if you didn't watch it, I encourage you to plug into that. Because, he, you know, he talked about, you know, leaving our first love and how excited we were when we first got born again. It reminded me of a message I preached years ago about pioneers, settlers, and museum keepers. And a pioneer is like Spencer Calder, the guy that looks after the building here. The guy's 79 years old, I think. He's had both shoulders replaced. And he's still here, and he's still... He sat in our office the other day and talked, and he still believed in God. You're talking about they're putting up a Sobeys across the street here, and they're, they're going to put in a, an Ocean View Manor out here, and we're going to develop that subdivision over there. I mean, talking, you know, still believing strong at that age. What's a settler? A settler just wants to get comfortable. Once you, you know, you, you came into the kingdom believing God for all kinds of stuff, and then you just got comfortable. But then after you get comfortable, the next step is you become a museum keeper. That means you haven't seen God move in a long time, but you'd like to point out where he did it before. <laughs> no, no, we had a guy come in here last Sunday. He came in um, two and a half years ago in a wheelchair after a car accident. We prayed over him. He came back uh, on Sunday, last Sunday, completely delivered from drugs for 19 months, I think, and totally healed. And I thought, God, sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't, but it's the atmosphere that's created. You see, uh, it's not my responsibility to believe God for your healing. It, it, you know, uh, yes, it is, but it's also yours. You know, we watched Benny Hinn for years get so many people here because the atmosphere was created. The atmosphere was charged with what God would do. Unfortunately, in our nation right now, we're like Nazareth. He went and did, he couldn't do many works, mighty works there because of their corporate unbelief. Like you think about this church, and then you think about all the other churches in the city, and, and you know, and think about how many of us are believers and how many are make believers. How many of us are really believing God to move in our midst? Because that percentage has to change. It really, you know, we in order to have a move of the Spirit of God, we got to get everybody on board, all all hands on deck. And just because you don't see it, well, haven't seen it. No, remember what Gideon said in chapter six. He said, "Where are the miracles? If you're this great big God, where are the miracles?" God said to Gideon, "Go in this thymite." In other words, it's not my fault; it's yours. You need to get up and get going, and that's what. Jim was really talking about on Thursday night about getting back to your first love.
about stirring yourself. Because again, he's obligating himself to the hungry, not to the satisfied. He said, I'll bless the hungry. And how do I get hungry? You create an appetite. How do you do that? Just watch online when somebody's demonstrating smokers. <laughs> or yesterday, Bob and Diane Ring brought us 18 lobsters from Picto. I didn't need to create an appetite. I looked at them and I said, let's eat. <laughs> yeah, so... No, but what am I doing right now? I'm talking about lobsters, and those of you that are liking it are licking your lips at the moment, You're see? On it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the Word of God does. And that's why I'm believing God that in this next half hour, you just need a half hour. If you give me another half hour, we have another praise and worship song we're going to do in the end. And also Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul Dorrington, I called you that again. <laughs> Paul Dorrington. <laughs> I don't know if that was prophetic or not. He, he's, he was recording a song in his, in his house, and the nasal started whistling in the background. Now, I know I've seen the videos from Pond Inlet up in, you know, and I've seen, you know, praise and worship, a team this size joined by a heavenly choir. I've seen it, I heard it, I watched it. And so that's what I'm expecting here, too. Because I don't know where you've been, but I think this is the best praise and worship on the planet. Now, if you think I'm saying that because my sons, I said, no, they're all my family. It's just so rich. I sit there and I close my eyes and I'm saying, God, you know, I could listen to this forever. Hallelujah. And, and it wasn't always like that. I went to the near Nick and Ear church when I first got saved. <laughs> near Nick and Ear, that's when one, one, guy, one guy is playing uh, in one key and then the other guy is playing in another key. And then the, the, the guy who's singing is off-key. <laughs> and it's near, nick and near, nick and near. That's all I could describe it. So, But, but it was okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't okay, but I was so glad to have awesome praise and worship. I so appreciate the praise and worship team. I brag on them all the time, and they probably get tired of it, but... But that was that was today. Okay, let's go to Thessalonians. No, let's let, let's go to Second Corinthians four thirteen. The answer to how the Apostle Paul overcame adversity. Now look, he says, "We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed." Therefore, I have spoken. We also believe and we also speak. Your believing is your attitude of faith, and speaking is the initial act of faith. And when I think about attitude, there was a guy, did you read about the guy last week that landed the plane? Never ever flew before? Huh? Yeah. He's flying along, and, and uh, the pilot passed out alongside of him. Not a good thing. And, and he's off the coast of Florida, but he can see the coastline. But anyway, he got the air, con air traffic control guy on, and the air traffic control guy said, we can't see you yet, but follow the coast until we pick you up on our radar, and we'll guide you in. And I could hear the voice of the Lord talking to you and me. If you'll just show up on the radar, 
and listen to my voice and do exactly what I'll say, you can drop that plane on the runway without ever flying in your life. Anyway, he did the whole thing, and he came in and landed that plane. It was a little video on it. He did a, an awesome job. It reminded me of the time when Dave Clark was teaching me how to fly. Now, I flew real well. I couldn't land or take off, but up in the air, it was fine. There was nothing to run into, you know. But the thing that stuck in my mind was the attitude gauge, that I had to keep my attitude up in order to keep it up off the ground. When my attitude went down, the plane began to descend. So then I got to thinking about your attitude. <laughs> no, you just need to look in the mirror from time to time and say, hey, you, I'm talking to you. I'm speaking to you. Your attitude stinks around here, and it's time for you to get straightened out. Speaking to yourself, speaking to yourself, correcting yourself. Say, hey, no, I can't be sitting around thinking these negative thoughts. I'm going to crash my plane. If you're thinking negative thoughts, what do you do? You change it with positive words, and you tell yourself off. Come on, David spoke to himself all the time. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. Soul, I'm talking to you. Mind, will, and emotions, I'm talking to you. It's time for you to bless the Lord and stop your crying. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. So we having the same spirit of faith, according as it. Now that tells me that we have it. We already have it. We got it. We got the spirit of faith. Turn to somebody and say, if you just change your attitude, you can access that spirit of faith. Say, your attitude sucks. No, no, but you can tell somebody's attitude by looking at their face. You don't have to ask them. How are you doing? Well, I just believe in God. Well, you look like you sucked on a prune. If you really believe in God, I ought to be able to see it. Because if I really believe that he's going to perform, then I don't have to be, well, I just got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do the other thing. You don't have to do anything except believe. If you're doing more than believe, you're getting into works. You're, getting, you're going to make yourself right, and that's called self-righteousness. If you could make yourself right, why are we here today? If you didn't need to hear the Word of God today, why would you be here today? You're here because you need it. I can tell by looking at you, you really need it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he said he'll believe and he'll speak. He'll believe and speak. We believe and speak. And if, if speaking doesn't move your mouth, how's it ever going to move your mountain? If you're not saying, if, it's not enough just to sit and believe. You've got to be talking the Word of God every day. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. The weapons of your warfare aren't carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Those things that get a stronghold in your mind by casting down those imaginations. Everything that exalts itself against the Word of God coming out of your mouth and bringing your thought life into captivity to obey the Word of God. Thought life into captivity. Hmm. That means I can't just think any old thought I want to. That means I just can't let my mind wander. 
<laughs> the mind wanders through the wilderness. You don't want to go there. But now let's just back it up just a little bit here because I want to go back and see what Paul said about what Jim was preaching on Thursday. Well, in verse 7, he said, we, he said, we have a treasure in an earthen vessel or an old crack pot or a clay pot or in a nutshell. We have this... We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power of God may not be of us. And that reminds me of the pots that Gideon used when they smashed the pot and let the light out and, and chased away the enemy. When you get the pot out of the way, the light will shine. Right? Knock the pot, knock the pot, knock the flesh out of the way. But, he says, so he said, but look at verse 8. We are troubled where? Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, read this. You're troubled on every side. But make sure you, you make sure you get the butt out. Make sure make sure you keep the butt in its place. Theodore Roosevelt said it this way, and I, I'll never forget it. He said, um, he said, if you kicked your enemy in the butt until you couldn't kick him anymore. He said, you wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. What was he saying? Well, figure it out. <laughs> he was saying his biggest problem is the guy he looks at in the mirror because of his attitude. That's why you really need to look in the mirror and say, hey, hey, you, I'm talking to you. Don't look down when I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you right now, and I want you to get your attitude up. Stop going around whining and crying. Okay. We have this, but we are troubled on every side, yet not, or but not perplexed, but not distressed. But we are perplexed, and perplexed is, you know, have you ever seen anybody perplexed? No, but you can see it on a person's face. <laughs> I've been believing God, what's all this? What's all this going on? I'm perplexed. I, like I've been believing God for my healing. I have found out that just because I know the steps of faith doesn't mean that I get to tell God how to do my miracle. I know the steps of faith. I can tell you every step of faith and, and use that. And still, God's going to do it his way, not my way. Amen. Okay. So you're with me with that. Perplexed. I'm so perplexed. But look at this. But not... Don't leave the not out, not in despair, but not, but not. Kick that butt until you can't sit down, but not in despair. Yeah, but this is Paul the Apostle, but it's your life too. You thought once you got saved that everything was going to be wonderful, didn't you? Oh, God, this is so awesome. I remember the first little while when I was saved, it was the most beautiful experience like Jim was talking about. We would go to church, and when church was over, we'd go to somebody's house or Tim Hortons or somewhere, study the Bible till midnight and be sleepy at work the next day, and we were so excited about it. But then stuff started to happen. Then the devil said, oh, I've decided to sift you, all of you, like wheat, and I'm going to. I have the right to because your flesh was born in this earth, and I'm still the God of the cosmos, the prince of the 
power of darkness, prince of the power of the air, right? So he comes against you. What happens next is what happens next is up to you. Are you going to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life? Or are you going to be a settler and just get comfortable? Well, it's not the way it's supposed to be, but it's not as bad as it used to be. That's a settler. Well, you know, at least now I'm not doing drugs anymore. At least now I got some money in the bank. At least now whatever. Don't ever stop for whatever. Pastor Paul preached that today. You know, he said, the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the just, and the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former house. It's time to press on. That's Paul the Apostle, that's what he said. He said, he said, I know how to forget the things that are behind and press on toward the high mark. Pressing on. Did he ever have trouble? We're just reading about it right now. He said, I've been persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. That doesn't sound, none of that sounds good. I'm sure that none of you have it on your fridge. You know, where you put those scriptures up, that your, your favorite scriptures. Let's read it in the message, shall we? He said, we are like common, I'll read verse 7 first. We are uh, like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within us so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's and not ours. And that's the cool thing. There's nobody any better than anybody else, and nobody's going to take credit for anything at the end of the day. Well, I prayed, and then it happened. No, you prayed, but all prayer does is introduce your problem to God. You can't fix it, or you wouldn't have prayed about it. Hey, God, I want to introduce you to my problem. Or, hey, problem, I want to introduce you to my God. That would probably be better. Yeah, 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 it's... Serious, but I've got somebody that will never leave me. What was that second song, My Breakthrough? Where did that come from? I never heard that before. He wrote that? No, no, no. I was going to say, we need to do that again at the end, perhaps. Because it goes right on with my message here. We carry this glorious treasure within us so that the immeasurable power is seen as God's and not ours. Now, now we'll jump down to verse 8. Though we experience every, listen, though we experience every kind of pressure, you think you're the only one. You think, oh, nobody knows the troubles I've seen. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says it's common to every one of us. So we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. That's perplexed. I don't know what to do next, man. I just don't know how to get out of this mess. And probably you got into it yourself. <laughs> and even if you didn't, God knows the way out. Because Romans 8.28 is still a reality. All things are working together for our good when we know him and know that we're called according to his purpose. So he said, press down, but not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others. Did you know that other Christians would come against you? You're probably shocked to hear that. I know you've never heard that before, right? Other Christians, people in church, 
church-going people crapping on you. Okay, Gary, let that one go. Okay, we are persecuted by others. But again, it's principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spirits of wickedness. It's like you can get upset with Ottawa and try not to, and try not to. But when you think about it, back in Daniel's day, Daniel had prayed. And when the archangel showed up, he said, I heard your prayer 21 days ago, but I had to fight the prince of Persia. This was not Nebuchadnezzar, but this was a spirit that was controlling the land above him. Then he said, when I leave here, the prince of Grecia is going to come. Alexander the Great hadn't even been born yet, and yet he was, the spirit was already there waiting. And so you get mad at people in Ottawa, but it's the principalities, the powers, the rules of the darkness, and the spirits of wickedness. And you could take one person out and put another person in. That's why, that's why it doesn't make a difference. The new boss is the same as the old boss, the Who said. Remember that song? <laughs> the new boss. <laughs> Don't go there. Okay. But it's true because the, the, the principalities haven't been dealt with. But we have the authority to do that. We wouldn't be so... Anyway, don't don't get on people. Okay. Persecuted by others, but God is not forsaken. We may be knocked down, but not out. We have the same spirit of faith that's been described in the scriptures. First I believed, and then I spoke in faith. So we believe and also speak in faith. Okay, with that in mind, let's go to Psalm 116, because this is where David was. This is where Paul was quoting from. By the way, whenever you find scripture in the Bible, you always find the seed of it in the Old Testament. Paul didn't preach anything new. What he did was get revelation of what was already there. Thank you, God. There's no pressure on you today. Say no pressure. No. Say no sweat. No. That's why he made the linen ephods, because they were sweatless. Did you know that the garments that the high priest wore were sweatless? Yeah. He said, I don't like sweat. It was part of the curse. Adam, you're going to live by the sweat of your brow. So when you were redeemed from the curse, you were redeemed from sweat. Check and see. No, no. <laughs> Not that kind of sweat. But you, but you get the message, right? You understand what he's saying here. You're the believer and not the performer. And by the way, remember, do you remember the last time God let you down? Think about it. Did he ever let you down? So then he's got a pretty good track record in your life, isn't it? <laughs> so if he worked your last miracle, guess what? Yep. <laughs> yep. No, but this is how I know I'm in faith. When the pressure's off, I don't feel any pressure to do anything. I don't feel any pressure to get up here and preach to you. I found out a while back that all I have to do is love you. And, 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 and I can deliver the pizza. And if you don't like the anchovies, you pick them off, right? I'm the pizza delivery guy, and people get all upset with the pizza delivery guy. I don't know why. But um, but again, it's my job to introduce my problem to God. Let's pick it up in verse. Now, this is where David talked about the spirit of faith. 
Verse 3, he said, the sorrows of death. Now, we just read through, if you're reading through the Bible with us in the Old Testament, we just finished the life of David. And you know what? If you, if you read it, you find out the same people were living then as they're living now. And the same betrayers were still there. The same doters were still there. It's, it's, nothing has changed at all. The swords of death encompassed me about, and the pains of hell got a hold upon me. That could have been your day last, you know, yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> I found trouble and sorrow. Well, don't go looking for it. It'll find you anyway. <laughs> Then I, yeah, but look at this. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I beseech you, deliver my soul. He's talking about his mind now, right? Yeah. No, but when you receive those exceeding great and precious promises, he fulfills them. It's just your job to receive them, not to perform it. All you got to do is say, yes, I thank you, Lord, that this promise is precious to me, and I'm hanging on to it, and I'm not going to try and do it. I'm just going to hang on to it because I know it's precious. Verse 6, he said, I was brought low, but you helped me. And then he starts talking to himself. Return to rest, O my soul. Hey, soul. Hey, mind. Hey, will and emotions. What are you doing walking around moping and looking perplexed? Return to rest, O my soul. The Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Again, it's just an added. All of a sudden, he's making, in the middle of this chapter, he's making an attitude adjustment. He has delivered me. You delivered my soul from death and my eyes from tears. In other words, stop crying. My eyes from tears, my feet from falling. Stop your crying because crying. <laughs> How many of you know crying is not faith? Oh, God, if, you, if, only, if only you would. He already did. All you, again, all you need to do is believe, and he will perform what you can believe. Whatever you can believe him for, he can perform in your life. When's he going to do it, and how's he going to work it? I don't know. I don't know how he's working miracles in my life right now, but it doesn't stop me from believing and knowing full well that it's happening. Is it happening according to my schedule? No, unfortunately. God doesn't do things my way, and I wish sometimes he would. I threw my watch up one time. I said, can you tell time? And it came back to the ground. So I realized he couldn't tell time either. But he doesn't work in time. He works in seasons. To everything, there's a season to every purpose under heaven. So I, I need to determine what season I'm in. In the season in the spring when it's time to plant seed, when it's time of summer and har fall and harvest, like or in the winter when it doesn't seem like anything is working, anything, there's no life that you can see out there. If you look in the winter, and the first thing that happens is the sap starts coming up in the maple trees in March. And sometimes it's like that with us. I can feel the sap coming up in me today, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know that I'm going to pop some leaves. It's not my job to pot the leaves. It's my job to remain in the soil. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I will bring forth my fruit in its season. My leaf won't wither. And whatever I do will prosper. If God is for me, who? 
He said, mine eyes from tears and my feet from falling. He said, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I believed, therefore I have spoken. He was greatly afflicted. But what did he do when he was being greatly afflicted? He spoke the word of God. Kind of reminds you of Mark 11, doesn't it? Mark 11. Not going to keep you long. It's a long weekend. Sounds like we got a couple other things we need to do here. Mark 11. Now, Jim brought this out on Thursday night, how they marveled at the words that Jesus spoke. They never once said, oh, those are nice sandals. Or, hey, the guy has nice hair. Or, I like his teeth. What they heard was the word. They focused on what he was saying. The word, you know, they marveled at the words that he spoke. And we don't lose that with this either. Don't make it common. Keep it fresh every day. How do I do that? When you're reading a chapter, act like you've never read it before. Because I promise you this, if you'll read it like you've never read it before, you'll find more truth in it than you saw the last time. Hallelujah. So anyway, it says uh, in verse 12, he said he saw uh, in in the morning when he was coming from Bethany, he was hungry, heading toward Jerusalem. And he saw a fig tree afar off having leaves. He was looking for the starter figs. They come early. They're the forerunner figs, they call them. Anyway, he found nothing upon them when he came to it, and he found no, nothing but leaves. And then in verse 14, and Jesus answered the tree. I know you've talked to your car when it wouldn't start. You talked to something, <laughs> the fridge that didn't fridge, or the, you've talked to things all the time, and don't say that you don't. You do. What's wrong with this? He spoke to the fig tree. And he said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, when we get down to verse 22, and again, you know, he, they said, Master, how, how is it that you did this? And he said, oh, this is a little trick I learned in heaven. Don't, don't try it at home. It'll blow your lips right off. Don't you dare try this at home. I'm deity and you're just a mere human. Is that what he said? No, he said, have the faith of God. Or one translation says, lay hold of God's faithfulness. I mean, David got a hold of this when he was 17 years old, speaking to Goliath. He spoke to Goliath three or four times and told him what he was going to do. Joshua I mean, think about Joshua. He watched Moses all those years. And then one day, he's in the middle of a battle, and he says, son, stand still. I'm not finished yet. Now, that's the, now th- that, is a, that shows you how much your faith can develop if you refuse to be discouraged when things don't go your way. When you pray, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. You don't need any evidence. He's the performer. You don't need evidence. You don't need to, oh, well, let's just wait and see. No, he said that he would do it. And as long as I keep believing, as long as I keep my believer working, as long as I keep my believer hooked up to my mouth. Amen. <laughs> Late, verse 22, lay hold of God's faithfulness. 
For verily I say unto you. See, and again, if, you were, if what you were to experience in life was up to God, he wouldn't have wrote Mark 11, 23 or 24. If it was up to him, what you're going to get out of life, he wouldn't have wrote that. But he said, whosoever, that means me, that means Ken Matheson, that means it, whoever, whoever will say to this circumstance, I like the word mountain because some of these things have been plaguing you for a long time. And it doesn't look like they're ever going away, but going away. But if you just keep speaking to that mountain, mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Circumstance, I refuse to allow you to block my path. I know what's on the other side of the mountain, so get out of the way. I'm going for everything God has for me. I'm down the 1-800-MOUNTAIN, and I'm speaking to you in the name of Jesus, commanding you to fall. Fall, mountain. Whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart. Well, if you got doubt in your heart, keep speaking until you believe it. Believing those things that he says will come to pass, that man will have whatsoever he says. That means me. Whosoever can have whatsoever. Whosoever can say to this mountain can have whatsoever he desires. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Mm. Believe you receive them and they shall be delivered unto you. Hallelujah. What a promise. Yeah, but he's not a man that he should lie. If he said it, then you can go to bed and rest on it. If he said it, you don't have to struggle. Your struggle, your struggle ought to be over today. No, your struggle ought to be over now. It just should be over now and saying, hey, I'm not the performer of the miracle. I'm the believer for the miracle. And because I'm not the performer, I don't have to figure out how he's going to do it because for sure he's not going to do it any way I figured out anyway. Be a believer today. Don't be a believer, not a make-believer. If you live in a make-believe land, then go to Romans 10, 17 and realize that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If, you, if, you, if you're not walking in faith, get some more word. Get some more word. Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.